Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Welcome to Pod Save America. I'm John Favreau. I'm Sam Sanders. I'm John Lovett. Tommy Vitor. I'm Dan Pfeiffer. We got a very big show for you today. Uh, Sam Sanders is here to join us for the news. Uh, Sam is the host of the brand new culture podcast, Into It, and uh, the podcast Vibe Check. Yes. On uh, on Vox. So, Sam, welcome. Thank you. It's good to be here. So good, good to, to have you here. back. It's always awesome to be here. Funny, funny, funny co hosts. Well, you should check know, out the show. Yes, yes. Uh, Zach and Saeed, good God. Uh, We'll also be talking about the midterms with one of our all-time favorite senators and friends of the pod, Elizabeth Warren. Uh, we also figured the show wouldn't be complete without an EGOT winner, so uh, John Legend is here uh, t- to uh, talk about some of the criminal justice initiatives he's been working on. Uh, and later, we'll be facing off with the hosts of Crooked's Gen Z podcast, Dare We Say, in a game that's designed to make us feel old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, one more big announcement. We are recording this episode at the Sirius XM studios in L.A. right now because every weekend from now until the midterm elections, Crooked Media will be taking over the Progress Channel on Sirius XM Radio. We're calling it Crooked Radio. Presenting Crooked Radio. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I accidentally said Ladio. Let me start over. Presenting. Crooked Radio. Do you think that works? Did that work? Let's yeah, keep it I, in. I, I, I don't know how much more we could have expected from <laughs> from Crooked Radio. I think we got everything out of it that we could. It's um, this is our first time on the Radio. <laughs> I stole that joke from an extended version of the Radio thing that we cut. Anyway, look for Crooked Radio on your satellite radio dial. You can listen to Pod Save America and all of your favorite Crooked Media podcasts. Uh, And before we start, you can probably tell we have an audience in the house today. These are volunteers from Vote Save America. Thank you guys for coming. Thank you for being with us. Um, They have been canvassing and phone banking, and you should too. Uh, Everyone at home, if you haven't already, please remember to sign up at votesaveamerica.com. It is not too late. Uh, This is when we need your help the most. votesaveamerica.com. Uh, All right, let's get to the news. The January 6th committee postponed this week's season premiere of Insurrection uh, because of Hurricane Ian, but there's still plenty of news to discuss. We weren't going to let a January 6th hearing go just because because it was postponed. We're still going to talk about it. Plenty of uh, ongoing threats of democracy from Donald Trump and his goon squad. We learned uh, that the committee has footage of longtime Trump advisor uh, and convicted criminal Roger Stone threatening violence and plotting to overturn the election. Uh, Let's take a listen. Let's just hope we're celebrating. (laughs) I I suspect it'll be, I really do suspect it'll still be up in the air. When that happens, the key thing to do is to claim victory. Possession is nine-tenths of the law. No, we won. You. Sorry, over. We won. Yeah. You're wrong. F- you. F- the violence. F- the violence. F- the voting. Let's get right Let's get to right the violence. Shoot to kill. See you. See an Antifa. Shoot to kill. F- Done with this bullshit. That guy's a piece of work. It's real. Um, it's real. Uh, third act. Tony Montana vibes. Just like <laughs> we'll go to war. 
I'll take down the whole cartel, you know? Uh, <laughs> Tommy, <laughs> Fucking where... piles of coke. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy, where does Roger Stone fit into the case that the committee's trying to make about January 6th? So we do know that uh, from the Cassidy Hutchinson testimony that on January 5th, Trump told Mark Meadows to ask Roger Stone and Michael Flynn another sort of sociopath who's lost touch with reality, what was going to happen the next day. So Trump seemed to think that Stone had some special, unique insight that he wanted to know as president of the United States. We also know that Mark Meadows, then chief of staff, called Roger Stone, called Flynn uh, the evening of the 5th, considered going over to their little makeshift war room with Steve Bannon at the Willard Hotel. And the Oath Keepers, uh, a white nationalist, racist, fringe militia group, was providing security for Roger Stone. They were later very much involved in the violence. So long story short, Roger Stone, as we saw, is sort of planning this little coup out loud. He was actively seeking out violence and talking directly to Trump. So it seems like they're weaving that all together. Sam, what else do we know about um, what the committee is planning to focus on when we do have this next hearing? And um, and what are some of the big decision, decisions that they still have to make uh, before they wrap this thing up? I mean, I don't know. I just hope that they focus on this Roger Stone foolishness. It seems like this is a game changer because now... We know that Trump can't claim as if he didn't expect violence. One of his top advisors, one of his really good friends, was hoping for violence and saying, let's get violent. And he was in conversation with Donald Trump the day before. So if I were them, I would just take that home every day, right? Yeah. What else can you really talk about? Yeah, and I think they can like they can probably decide if they're going to subpoena Trump or subpoena Mike Pence and say, all right, now you have to tell us your conversations with Stone or subpoena members of yeah. Congress and get that more information. But is way. it in their best interest to get Trump on a stand? Because he, really he, he will just spin around in circles and find new tangents to distract us and point over there and say, look over there, and then they all will. I'm not sure it makes I'd sense for them to have for Trump, sure. but like, would it help <laughs> their case? But like, no, would it help yeah, their no, case? No, no, you know, I mean, it's like, ratings, right? Viewers? <laughs> ratings wise, maybe. Do you think right. also they should put up on the screen the giant back tattoo of Richard Nixon's face that Roger Stone has? <laughs> it, it is like, I, I do wonder at some point it's if all choice. of this is like diminishing marginal returns because it's like, we, we do also know that Trump wanted violence after Cassidy Hudgens' yeah. testimony when she was like, oh yeah, he was like, don't use the mags for people coming in with weapons to January 6th because uh, they're not going to hurt us anyway. Yeah. I feel like, you know, they're not going to change any minds. I don't yeah. think Trump will ever see true punishment, but I do think that they can keep it top of mind. Keep it top of mind. Make yeah. sure people know that this is still a big deal. I think the problem for the whole party now is that people are forgetting about the things that Dems want to talk about. And they're talking about what Abbott and DeSantis want to talk about. And so how do you direct attention to this bullshit? Right. Mm -hmm. Well, Dan, the, the other big decision that the committee is going to have to make is uh, do they uh, do they send a criminal referral to the Justice Department um, after they wrap things up? How much does that matter at this point? Since it seems like Merrick Garland and uh, and, and DOJ are, are finally on the case. <laughs> I would say that a official criminal referral from Congress has the same legal force as my last tweet, <laughs> which, <laughs> which is strong. Which is saying a lot. Right. There's a Sell lot of people on Twitter now. who are who believe that they are federal prosecutors. <laughs> <laughs> That's that they are that their tweets That's are true. important and the juries will see them. I mean, it, so it, something to think about. It has no force of law. It's not going to make Merrick Garland more likely to prosecute Trump. I think of it maybe like as a polite nudge. There was a fear at the beginning of this process when there was there was a lot of reporting on this debate within the committee about whether they do it or not, that it would somehow make Merrick Garland less likely 
to pursue a case because it would seem like it was political pressure yeah. on Trump. But Mayor Garland already has like nine cases going against Trump right now. So I don't think this matters one bit at all, either in terms of whether Trump actually gets charged with a crime or whether we can judge this committee as a success. I think it's kind of a distraction or red herring. His dance card's pretty full at this point with the Trump crimes. Yeah. Yeah. And he's not a fast, fast moving fellow, that Merrick Garland. He's very methodical. Yeah. It takes yeah. his I've time. Just, I've just stopped expecting anything to happen to Trump. I think like the only thing that these committee hearings can do is make sure we keep thinking about what he did. But I don't see any of these cases putting him inside of a jail. I don't see any of these cases making him pay for any crimes. I mean, I think that there, I think you could end up with an indictment, but I, what I'm afraid of, I don't think an indictment would stop him from running for president. In fact, I think that would just sort of it would get him, yeah, speed up the process, if anything. Even more strong behind us. You know, and, in every great movie about like a hostage situation, there's always the outside plot and the inside plot. You know, it's too boring to just have the people on the outside trying to get the people stuck on the inside out. So they have the, there's always like the hostage is trying to get out from inside and they got a scheme going. And then the people on the outside are trying to get them out too. I see it that way. Who's Bruce Willis? Yeah, here? give us the who's, who's who in this. Is, it, uh, is this Ransom? Like what movie are we talking about here? It could be Ransom. Remember Ransom? I've never seen Ransom. What is Gary Ransom? Sinise? Mel Gibson before? <laughs> <laughs> was there a before? Uh, the, <laughs> he probably was always like that. So he good. probably yeah. was always like that. Before we knew. Before we knew. Before we knew. Anyway, but the point is, <laughs> I don't know. We Nailed don't. It. There are things we can control. We think we can't. I think we have to act as if. I think that anyone who has been waiting for the Justice Department or the judicial process to save us mm. or save democracy, yeah, I've been disappointed continuously. Yeah. So we look. I think we can wake up. I don't want to predict. We can wake up pleasantly surprised. It would. Our crazier things have happened than Donald Trump being frog marched down Fifth Avenue in handcuffs. But it's too nice to think about. So we have to actually beat them. You know who hasn't been waiting around? The Senate. How about that? Yeah. The Senate. Nice. The Senate. Hey, John. Yeah. What a segue. What a segue. Look at that. That's, that's how, that's how, Didn't that's why it gets, down. that's why the big chair. It's not even, it's not even on the iPad. It's not even on the iPad. Uh, they are, they look like they are about to pass bipartisan legislation to prevent the next coup from happening. Thanks to resistance hero, Mitch McConnell. Who has announced his support for the electoral... And Joe uh, Manchin. See, to uh, me, this uh, is a bigger deal and than Joe Manchin. Yeah, our two heroes. They return you know, for one for, for one last heist. So, the, so McConnell basically said that he, is, he announced his support for the Electoral Count Act reform over the uh, strenuous objections of Donald Trump, Ted Cruz, uh, Josh Hawley, and, and most of the House Republicans who over, tried to overturn the last election. Uh, Tommy, what are, the, what are the highlights of this bill? You want some highlights? I would love some highlights. I'll give you some highlights. Insur um, insurrectionists hate this one weird trick. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Sorry, go on. So as you probably all can recall, Trump's sort of theory of the case legally was that the vice president basically had carte blanche authority to overturn the results of the election. This bill would spell out, no, that uh, the vice president's role is strictly ceremonial, and it would change the number of members of the House or the Senate that need to object to a state's electors for that to go forward. So it's a big deal. And it also sort of closes the loophole that would allow governors and state legislatures to just overturn the results of the election on their own. Yeah, I mean, it basically what it does with that is it, it there's a judicial process involved. So like no governor or state legislature on their own um, can decide to just overturn an election, send their own slate of electors. Like there has to be judicial review. Yeah. So well, and it like ups the threshold for Congress to oppose the results. Yeah. right. So it yeah, it's like either one third or a fifth. Is yeah, what's been debated. And like that for me is the big 
deal. Like that's bigger than whatever the January 6th committee does. This is like honest bipartisan work to make sure that that won't happen again. And I don't know. I don't want to be like, thanks, Mitch, but this is a big deal. What, <laughs> I agree. I, was gonna say, I think it's great. And so many Democrats are so excited about solving the vice presidential problem. Until you remind them that Kamala Harris is the vice president. So like, <laughs> <laughs> Which just to remind some people. Uh, Where is she? <laughs> the, uh, yeah, I, I, I do worry a little bit that, that we're fighting the last war, not the 100%. next war. Uh, I, I worry a little about putting our... First of all, this if they want to pursue their, you know, whatever they call it, their legislative supremacy argument, they will take it to the Supreme Court and, cl- and claim this law is uh, uh, unconstitutional. I still think it's absolutely worth doing, but I don't think it should give us any kind of comfort that that they won't find a way to manipulate the system. I mean, these are basically this is a set of rules to try to make law what were just sort of assumptions that certain things weren't politicized, certain 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 ways of manipulating the system just weren't done. I think part of the reason you have Republicans coming on board with this in the Senate is they would like that. They would like to not feel as though some of the things that they're being told is a decision is a decision. They want to go back to before when they didn't have to feel as though they were paying a political price simply for certifying election. And fine, hopefully that works. But the, this is about power, and the only way we can really stop them is preventing Republicans from being in positions of power to break the law, deny the outcomes of elections, and no no law from Congress can do everything. I think it's a good thing. I think it's worth doing, but I don't think it should give us false I, comfort. I, I, I sort of disagree because I think – look, if it was just the clarifying the role of the vice president, it's not a big deal. It's, yeah. it's not going to do much. What it does around the state legislatures and and governors is a big deal because – We've been we've talked a lot about these Republican candidates like Doug Mastriano becomes governor of Pennsylvania. Carrie Lake becomes governor of Arizona or we have Republican secretaries of state in those uh, states. That's they have a lot of power to just send an alternate slate of electors to not certify an election. This would rob them of that power and send it to the courts. Now, are we worried that the courts are stacked with a bunch of right wing lunatics? Yeah, of course. But at some point. They're like it's either going to be the the justice system or the state legislatures or the governors or Congress yeah. <laughs> that yeah. does this. So like, there's going to be someone in charge that figures this out. So I'd rather it be the justice system than Republican state legislatures and Republican governors. I, but I think the I'm for it. It definitely raises the degree of difficulty stealing mm. an election. But where exactly. the insurrection is going to happen in 2024 is going to be between when the votes are cast. And when the election is certified at the state level, it is going to be local precinct leaders, local oh, yeah. county assessors, not counting votes, refusing to certify at the canvassing boards, et cetera. It's not going to be the governor and the state legislature doing it just in front for everyone to see. It's going to be piecemeal, just enough votes to make up that 40,000 vote difference. was difference between Joe Biden getting elected and Donald Trump returning to the White House. That and is that- very true. But that is why that can only be changed at the state level. Right. Like those local precincts. That's why we've got to, you know, but, flip state legislatures across this country. But I just mm-hmm. right. And then you worry that all of a sudden through this new law we've passed, it's harder for us to object to what we believe is an illegitimate election that is certified by Republican officials at the state level. That, so It'll, then a court will. Yes. All that's all I'm saying. I, I'm for it. We should do it. We should do everything we can to, to codify as much as we can. The only way we will actually stop them from overturning a democracy is by winning these local elections. That is that is 100%. the thing. Yeah. 99% of this is that. Yeah. That's all. That Look. said, to see Mitch McConnell get behind this kind of bill, I'm still like, oh. Why do you think he did it? Why do you think Mitch I don't think they like that kind of chaos. I think if you are a Mitch McConnell in Congress on the day of the insurrection, in the back of your head, you're saying, what power do I have? What control do I have? This is chaos that affects my job and my life. Whatever party you are, you want some semblance of order. 
Yeah. You know, and like they have to have that so they can do something. And the last thing they want is to not know who's in charge and to have chaos that ends up with their house being ransacked again. Yeah. I, I also do. it's definitely notable that um, there is sort of a, a slightly different version of this bill in the House. And the only yes votes from Republicans were ones who had uh, were retiring or who had lost a primary. It was mm-hmm. only those who had no longer had a political fear of Donald Trump. Um, so, you know, look, I don't give Mitch McConnell credit for much, but it, 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 I, I agree with what Sam was saying about him not liking the chaos and not liking the, the institutions looking like the jokes that they looked like after the 2020 election. But I also think like he has shed a little bit of his fear of Trump, as we've seen over the I months th- and years. I think that's right. And I also wonder if once a bunch of his Republican senators were on board this legislation, if he wondered about the politics of blocking a bipartisan bill to stop the next coup a couple of weeks before the election. Yeah, I also yeah. think probably um, not great politics. I think a lot of Republican senators like being choked but not being hanged. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait. Let's let's okay. let's oh. walk through this one. Oh. Hey. Oh, is this like the just keep going other metaphor? I mean, right. no, I want it explained. I, I want do to too. I want to know. All right, <laughs> who's doing the choke? <laughs> With six weeks to go until election day, uh, McConnell and some other Republicans would like to keep Trump out of the news. Some of them would, um, but that's going to be a bit harder thanks to next Tuesday's release of uh, New York Times reporter Maggie Haberman's eagerly awaited Trump book confidence man uh so maggie wrote a preview in the atlantic and a few outlets got copies of the book so we already have plenty of tidbits uh and let me tell you it doesn't seem like the guy was the best president it's not <laughs> i'll just that's that's yeah. the spoiler alert yeah. from the uh from what i've read um what have you guys found from the excerpts and reporting that's new surprising particularly notable any favorites nothing Sam? surprising nothing surprising maggie's like oh my god i think he's racist oh my god i think he's transphobic <laughs> Oh my God, Maggie, yeah. I'm just like, what annoyed me the most about the Maggie Habermanification of covering Trump during his time in the White House was that journalists like her tried to ascribe some greater method or reason or logic to his madness. There's none. And you read this Atlantic preview she wrote. She does this long winding piece about her interviews with Trump. And then she gets to the last graph and says, yeah, there's no reason with him. He's just crazy. We knew. And so. But I think that's that's useful. No, it's not. <laughs> she, she's I'm like, just she's like, basically saying this guy's this a maniac. Guy's, yeah. That's it. There's nothing. Counterpoint. Just, uh, what got? What's the counterpoint? He's crazy. I, I'm going to read this Love book. It loves him. I'm going to read it cover to cover. And I know people are mad at her for for sitting on scoops. I hope she sat us some more for a sequel. I'm in. <laughs> what scoop is there left on Donald Trump? How, yeah. but that's this what is what I don't. It's but just see, like, people are both yeah. mad. People it's are like both tidbits. mad. Yeah. She sat on things for the book, and then mad that they don't think the book has anything new. And for me, I just like I'm I'm living in the details. I know? just don't know. She, saw, she said Jason Miller. She said she the, the, Donald Trump said in this book. You know how some guys, you always kind of knew they were gay? Not Jason Miller, not even 1%. That, I'm sorry, that's funny. I think there's a lot of news that maybe Lovett didn't read over the last four years. And this is like, a, the, the, this is the recap. I'm catching up. I, mean, I have to say, I think it's like, look, you know, I think what happened to Maggie's book is I think a lot of things that were probably more blockbuster news kind of 
came out in the January 6th committee hearing process because that's I th- you saw her leaking out of stuff along the way, which I'm sure she hated doing. She's trying to sell a book. Um, it's notable to me that he did three sit down interviews like this guy. Again, not a surprise to anybody. But he's so thirsty for the mainstream media attention that he then attacks. I did love the, I, I like the little details, too. I like the anecdote that Trump nearly fired uh, Jared and Ivanka via a tweet, his yeah. own daughter. But yeah. John Kelly, of all people, stopped him. And it really made me lose respect for John Kelly because, like, you had him where you wanted him and you fucking yeah. you fumbled the bag, man. But there were some things where they're like, this is a scoop. And I'm like, nah, that's just like people, dude. Oh. Like, when they're like, Donald Trump saw this room full of black staffers and asked him to get the food. And I was like, not just Donald Trump. Like, a lot of people do this shit. I don't know. It's just that nothing one. about, like, it wasn't surprising. No. And I think that, like, there's this kind of, like, liberal desire to have, like, the one nasty Trump story that takes him out. It doesn't exist. We're still waiting on well, that. It why, doesn't exist. That's why I don't get quite get the anger at Maggie for the withholding thing. Like, yeah. I, yeah, like your criticism that it's nothing new. Like, that that's fair. Yeah. That's more than, like, the, like, uh, oh, is she going to report out a story that, like... Citizen's arrest. He lost. He lost in yeah. 20... You think he's going to report a story that he's going to be like, I quit. I'm out. Yeah. I'm out of public life. If she reported that Donald Trump was having KKK meetings in the Lincoln bedroom... At this point, it wouldn't change shit. Nothing. It wouldn't right. change shit. You're right. If anything, better, better to have it come out in your own election. Sam, <laughs> Sam, Sam, I don't care. Sam, to this point, the Washington Post led their excerpt about this, focusing on this excerpt uh, of, of Trump apparently wanting to use the U.S. military to bomb cartels in Mexico. And I was like, I literally saw a clip of him bragging about this to a wedding party in Mar-a-Lago three weeks ago. Exactly. I'm not joking. Exactly. Yeah. And this is not news. New. That is the plot of Clear and Present Danger, <laughs> a film he saw and got the idea from. <laughs> well, there was a thing where it's just like... Cellulose in case laser-guided bomb. <laughs> well, there That's was for that... no one. Go on. I think his his cruelty was underscored in some of these excerpts. You know, yeah. when, when, when he is being asked to speak to trans issues. He's asking if a hypothetical college student asking about trans rights is cocked or uncocked. Yeah. And so like the cruelty is underscored and it's 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 horrible, it's demeaning, but it's it's also just still not surprising. I thought what was most insightful about his mindset was during one of the interviews with her when she like asked, would you do it all over again? And he said, yeah, of course. You know, he's like, I got a bunch of rich friends and no one knows who they are. That like it's like that. That yeah. is why. He and does also, this. we and all knew who he was. We all knew. We him, all knew who he I was. But, but the hunger for attention I, and fame is like the driving force of Donald Trump. It's not the money. It's not. It's yeah. the. It's the attention. It's yeah. you know. There's all these like new every every once in a while we we just keep remaking like the Jeffrey Dahmer story over and again, like trying to find something more interesting about these serial killers. And like I was thinking about that because it's when I saw that quote from him, it's like this is there's nothing new to find. That's it. He just wants there attention. He's broken. He wants attention. It's been That's true right. for seven years, two for 30 years. But the utility of the Jeffrey Dahmer story goes way up if Jeffrey Dahmer still walk in the streets. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's happening right now. That's right. That's why he's writing the message box. Yeah. 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 I do think part of the... That's how you, that's how you get a sub stack going. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've known Maggie for, like we all have, for like 15, 20 years. I think one of the hard things of this whole 
presidency for her is she sort of felt like the Cassandra for some of these things. Like she's known him since the eighties. She knew he was a racist, venal, narcissist monster. And like was it, she was to some extent, I think constrained by the boundaries of the profession and how political reporters are allowed to report. And I think maybe she's a little more unshackled in this book in a way that's valuable. Uh, See, I, I, I think that like they should have just changed her beat years ago. I think she got too into it and too in it. And she was just like, it was almost in certain points hearing her talk about that family, it felt almost incestuous. And God bless her, she's trying real hard, but get some new blood in there and like have a new perspective on it. When I read things from her now or her tweets even now, it's just like they've almost incepted her. I don't know. I don't appreciate <laughs> I just, it. So I don't I, like it. Yeah, I don't know that I agree with that. Yeah. I, I I just think that she has walked a really delicate line and like I don't like I know that I know that we feel past it. I know that we feel we've learned a lot, but I do think that we take a little bit for granted how much inside information we got over the last five years via Maggie Haberman that was a lot of really really valuable reporting. And I think sometimes she gets short shrift for just describing what she's hearing without putting much spin on it. Um, And I can I hear that maybe that that people feel as though it's a little too cozy, but I sometimes think it's unfair. Yeah, I think she's become for a lot of people. She's not perfect. No one is become an avatar for what people in the Trump era have been most frustrated about journalism because she's the most famous reporter covering Trump and she bears the burden of every mistake every reporter made in this process. I think the problem is just like what kind of journalism was most important during the Trump years and the glorification of Maggie's style of reporting made us all believe that access journalism was the most important kind of journalism during those years. The most important kind of work was investigative journalism. That was yeah, a, that. that was more important. And that was more important. I agree yeah. with that. I, Which I agree gets short shrift. Yeah. Um Speaking of people who drive Twitter nuts, uh, Nate Cohn had a New York Times piece today uh, where he argued that uh, after a few months where Donald Trump and uh, abortion were dominating the news, the headlines are starting to shift back towards issues like the economy and immigration, which might help Republicans. Um, Dan, do you buy this analysis uh, and should Democrats try their hardest to keep uh, Trump in the news for the next couple of weeks. I'm just going to wait around till another nerd named Nate comes up with a contrary opinion in five minutes. <laughs> that is the safest course. Now, look, in all seriousness, I think Nate Cohn is on to something here. Like, you don't have to have done a thousand focus groups for the wilderness or anything else. If you're just paying attention to the news, it's pretty evident that immigration, in part because of the stunts, the horribly cruel, largely legal stunts of Ron DeSantis and Greg Abbott, and just increasing fears about the economy have become a larger part of the news. In his article, Nate Cohn cites Google trends, uh, Google search data, basically that people have been searching those more than abortion and democracy. And that is, I would say, an imperfect tool to say the least. Yeah. But so is polling. So there you go. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, it is, I think it is, we are, we know from 2016 and 2020, we're very bad at picking who's going to win, particularly in close races. But we do have a lot of ways to figure out what people are thinking about and talking about. Polling is part of that, but you also have search data, you have social sharing data, you can just look at what's in the news. And it's very clear that the the issue environment has switched a little bit. That makes sense. There's been a lot of time since the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. Not that abortion has fallen out of the news by any stretch of the imagination. And it's been a long time since there was a January 6th hearing, right? Like we had the summer of January 6th hearing, then Mar-a-Lago. And so the issue environment has shifted slightly towards issues that right now benefit Republicans. Doesn't mean it's going to stay that way. And we should think about 
as Democrats, as people working on campaigns, how do you switch it back? Mm. Right. Because ultimately, politics is a battle for issue salience. What are voters thinking about when they make their decision? Are they going to think about the issues you want them to think about? the issues your opponent wants them to think about. And like th if this hearing were to happen, that would have been part of it. You know, weirdly, Maggie's book helps keep Trump in the news. Keeping Trump in the news is very important, I think. Um, in I was talking to Sarah Longwell, who does focus groups for The Bulwark and her, and her podcast, and I know you talked to her for The Wilderness a bunch, uh, for an episode of Political Experts React that's coming out, in which she said, we were talking about the 2017 election in Virginia. Mm -hmm. And what she said is that after Trump lost, Trump was on the ballot for all the people who love Trump, but not on the ballots for everyone who didn't like Trump. But since this summer, because of the decision on Roe and January 6th, Trump has become on the ballot for the people who kicked Trump out of office in 2020. And we have to keep that going if we are going to win. So we have to draw attention back to our issues and make this more a referendum on Republican extremism. And Trump is the best avatar for that. See, I, I, I think the top issue should be Roe and not Trump. I think that like... Everyone has made their mind up on Trump. Everyone knows how every voter knows how they feel about him. I don't think enough voters have yet thought about the ways in which Roe being overturned affects them and their families' lives. And when they do start to think about it, the numbers shift. You know, there's some data that since Roe was overturned, fathers have shifted like 28 points from R to D. You know, that's what I would keep in the headlines. I don't actually think that Trump, Trump, Trump till November does a better job than saying they're going to take away all of our right to abortion. Yeah, I think I think that's exactly right. I think the the issue I think what we largely want is a we want this election to be about Republican extremism. There is no better real world example that's affecting more people's right. lives than Roe. Yeah. And then yeah. all of this is a part of that, right? It yeah. is uh book bans, it is the attacks on LGBTQ plus community. It is everything Ron DeSantis do. It's what Ron DeSantis did in Martha's Vineyard. Yeah. And Trump is a part of that as well. And if we keep that story, and that story only works if Roe is at the center of it. Yeah. But I think for a large part of our voters, keep it, keeping them engaged, keeping them donating, Trump is a part of that. And we're going to want to keep that out there. That's true. But Roe yeah. can get you voters who even kind of like Trump. Yeah, and especially in a state like Arizona, where yeah. you know they just uh, put back in place an abortion law that would criminalize abortion and uh, put abortion providers in jail. Yeah. You know, that's a real world thing that's happening. That's I, scary to people. I also think back to the Virginia example. One thing we learned from that Virginia governor's race is you can't force Trump into a race where he there might not fit. Like Terry McAuliffe calling him Glenn Trumpkin. Not a did not work. <laughs> work. I don't know if you guys noticed Sorry, that. Did not, I did thought that was great. I, loved, I, I think that was really, if it worked, we would have said it was good. I think. Look, <laughs> I was clever. I thought in terms of like, work. look, when, I think when Trump's in the news, it's going to be better for Democrats. But I think in terms of what Democrats should do, you're right that Republican stream Republican extremism is what the election has to be about, and we have to do a better job defining what Republican extremism means for you, right? Yeah. And so yeah. what are the consequences of Dobbs? What are the consequences of their economic plans? What yeah. are the consequences of what they're trying to do in states to LGBTQ kids, right? Like that, like we got to hit the consequences more of Republican votes and Republican policies going forward. That is why the so many Democrats have centered on MAGA Republicans or MAGA extremism, not Trump yes. Republicans, because right. Trump actually helps with some voters who think think of him an outsider, but MAGA Republicans allows you to try to get the extremism with the we hate all with the terrible corrupt Washington D.C. Republicans like Kevin McCarthy and Mitch McConnell, who are also not that popular. Um, okay, when we come back, we will talk to Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren.
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. You know, you know, you know. Have you been able to squeeze that special thing into your schedule, John? Yeah, that's. I think it's thanks to therapy. Therapy can help you find what matters to you, so you can do more of it, Mm -hmm. more time for you. I, uh, you know, because we've been doing what a weekday. Mm -hmm. I actually put that in my therapy spot. You know, I I replaced therapy with doing an extra podcast. Mm. It was a huge mistake. So uh, what do you spend time doing at therapy now? Well, now I brought therapy back. I added therapy back to another time because uh, it turns out talking. That's going to make the jokes better. Well, it's certainly going to make things better for the team. (laughs) (laughs) If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash PSA today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash PSA. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Feel like you got enough to do already? I do. That's why I use Ship Same Day Delivery to keep up with my busy life. They know the snacks I like down to the extra creamy in my peanut butter. I can get deliveries at home, on set, or even when I'm away on vacay. And my personal shopper, Amber, she's got my back. As in, she asks them to check the back if it's not on the shelf. Shipped. Delight in every delivery. Learn more at ship.com slash hi. Please welcome the Democratic Senator from Massachusetts, Elizabeth Warren. Senator Warren, welcome back to Pod Save America. It's good to be with you. You guys should applause. You're an audience. <laughs> they were stunned. They were stunned to see you. Yeah. They forgot how to behave. <laughs> Look, I, I get it. I'm not there in person. So we got to do this remotely. It's tough. It's tough. You got to give us all clues as we go through this. We're here in the serious studio. We have a great audience here. They're very excited for you. Don't, don't listen. They were just rude a minute ago. And <laughs> what they did was obnoxious and rude. And they're sorry. They're going to feel terrible later. But we're moving past it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll buck up. Okay. <laughs> All right. Senator Warren, inflation is the biggest issue affecting our economy. It's one of the biggest issues affecting this midterms. You have been very critical of the approach that Chairman Powell and the Fed have been taking to fighting inflation. What do you think they're doing wrong and what, sh- what should they be doing instead? So it, we have to think of inflation. This is about high prices for families. That's a real problem. And so the question is, what causes the problem and what are your tools to fix it? What kind of things are causing inflation right now? Uh, Actually, COVID still is. It's shutting down economies in different parts of the world, Uh, supply chain kinks that we still have, Uh, the war in Ukraine that not only affects energy prices, but also the question about supplies of wheat around the world Um, and price gouging. You know, those giant corporations that say as long as we're raising prices anyway and everybody's talking about inflation, let's take an extra big scoop on prices and boost our profits. Okay, that's what we got going on. So what is the appropriate response to that? Chairman Powell opens his toolbox and he's got basically one tool, raise interest rates. 
And his idea is raise interest rates and that will slow down the economy and put a lot of people out of work. And that means people will buy less. But notice it doesn't do anything about COVID. It doesn't do anything about the supply chain. It doesn't do anything about the war in Ukraine. It doesn't do anything about price gouging. And in fact, Chairman Powell has actually said that to me in banking hearings. Nope, can't affect any of those things. So here's my concern. When Chairman Powell is not just moving interest rates up and, and saying he wants to slow the economy, he is taking extreme steps, steps like we have not seen in a very long time, just banging away on three quarters of a point, three quarters of a point, pushing those interest rates up very far, very fast. What he risks is tipping the economy into a recession, too much of a jerk on the economy. And so now we're in a position where, let me get this straight, what we could end up with is prices don't come down because many of the things, not everything, but many of the things that affect those prices are not gonna be affected by higher interest rates. And the economy goes into recession and more people are out of work. So the way I look at this is what is worse than high prices and low unemployment? It's high prices and high unemployment. And that's where I am afraid that Chairman Powell is taking us. It's been 40 years since we dealt with inflation. As you point out, this is the last time we dealt with inflation. This is the exact path the Fed took, you know, Chairman Volcker did at the time. What would be a different approach than other than sort of trying to force down demand in wages to lower the cost of goods? Well, one way is to increase supplies. And that's exactly what the Biden administration is trying to do right now. So every time the United States and other countries invest in getting COVID under control, for example, getting more people vaccinated so you don't have to shut down factories and you don't have to shut down uh, transit, then by golly, we take another step toward getting things normalized and bringing those prices back down. Plenty of goods available. Second one, same sort of thing on supply chain. Every time we can unkink a supply chain, then we're doing better on pricing. Uh, everything we can do to try to bring down the price of uh, petroleum, of energy, which the president has been doing, strategic oil reserves, and so on. And then the other one is go after the big corporations that are engaged in price gouging. Uh, and the Department of Justice is doing a certain amount of that. The uh, uh, FTC is doing a certain amount of that, and it helps. All of those, though, are things that help bring down prices. I'll mention a second one. Remember where we started this. Why does this matter? It matters because it's hitting at the family level. And here is where Democrats and Republicans couldn't be in different places. Democrats are doing everything they can to try to bring down costs for families. Look at the Inflation Reduction Act. What do we do? We're trying to bring down the cost of health care, uh, uh, give Medicare a chance to negotiate prescription drug prices, put a cap on what people pay for insulin, put a cap on what seniors have to pay for prescriptions. What else are we doing? We're putting in place this uh, uh, giant uh, 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 climate bill whose goal is to bring down utility costs for families. 
Uh, and by the way, all paid for by a 15% minimum corporate tax that I think we've been talking about for a long time. But those are things that go directly to the costs that families are bearing every day. It's not as sexy. It doesn't get as many headlines. But it is truly Democrats fighting to bring down costs for families. And where are Republicans on this? They scream, they yell, they say inflation over and over. And what are the number of ideas they have for what to do about it? Zero. I'm glad you brought that up because the, you know, Republicans, despite the fact that they have been, they have no ideas, they've been wrong on policy, the economy has been better under Democratic presidents. All of the polling shows that Republicans have an advantage on the economy. And that's not new. That is, that's been true. That was true in 2020, 2018, 2016, basically every election since 2012. Are there specific things that Democrats could do or say that you think could help sort of narrow that gap or address that discrepancy as we headed in the election? Well, I think part of it is exactly that. Let's just draw the contrast. Let's just remind people, not at some fancy theoretical level, but at a, let's make a list. What are the things, not just that Democrats have promised and that demonstrate who we're fighting for, but what is it that Democrats have delivered? We've delivered on health care. We're in the middle of delivering on utility costs. We have delivered on student loan debt, right? We have done things to actually bring down costs for families at the same time that the Republicans not only have zero ideas, how do I say this? They have negative ideas. Their ideas are, don't do those things that would bring down costs for families. So that, I mean, look, I think that's pretty insulting uh, to Kevin McCarthy, who this week <laughs> pretended to eat in a diner while rolling out what they're calling a commitment to America. It was one page of, it was a, it was a list. There were words and bullets, ostensibly an agenda of some kind. What did you make of the uh, commitment to America? So I, I have to say on this, read the first one. I really wish right now that we had the, like you could put it up on the board behind us. <laughs> I don't think we can. Because the, <laughs> the first one of these actually was an economic, we're going to lower costs for family. And it was a generic description of exactly what the Democrats have done. And so I feel like there's this moment if they say, hey, that's actually good stuff. This is like how they did on the infrastructure bill, right? Or how they did on the first, uh, on the COVID relief package, the COVID relief package, where there's help out there for small businesses, they all vote against it and then they go home. And when there's actually some relief delivered, they show up at the ribbon cutting and say, you're welcome, you're welcome to everybody. Um, while, while they fought on the opposite side. And I think that's the part we have to keep hammering on. And by the way, let me just, if I can, raise the stakes a little bit here. It's not just that Republicans have no good ideas for dealing with inflation. It's not only they're fighting the things we're trying to do. They're looking for things that would make the economy affirmatively worse for tens of millions of American families. Ron Johnson, senator from Wisconsin, says that instead of voting every five years on whether to keep Social Security, which is the official Republican position evidently right now in the Senate. Ron Johnson says, let's vote every single year. Let's say to those people who are depending on Social Security, you just got a few more months where you're guaranteed to have it. And then next year, it could completely run out. Um, 
that is the guy who is now carrying the torch for Republicans, the incumbent in Wisconsin, which is why, let me just be clear on this, Mandela Barnes, we need you in the United States Senate. We need you because we got to get rid of Ron Johnson, somebody whose whole idea on how to fix the economy is let's put Social Security at risk. And of course, while he's at it, let's make sure that women who need access to abortions actually run the possibility that uh, they'll be violating the law, that doctors could be put in jail uh, for performing needed medical procedures. This is the extreme end of the Republican Party. And to me, that's what this fight is all about. It's about economics, it's about extremism, but it's also about showing up for people like Mandela Barnes. And anybody who's listening to this, who really cares about these issues, let me just ask you, send a little money to MandelaBarnes.com. He needs help because he's up against an extremist who is telling a story both about Mandela and about the economy that just doesn't jibe with our reality and is deeply, deeply dangerous. Uh, earlier today, uh, President Biden attempted to recognize a Republican member of Congress for her vote, uh, but she had actually sadly passed away in August. She, he thought she was in the room. Do you think that this is a gaffe because only dead Democrats vote? Um, or is that, do you think I misread the, the controversy? I, I, I do not know about this. Okay. Um, okay. Well, I'm glad we were all here for Elizabeth Warren's last interview on Pod Save America. <laughs> oh. I'm sorry. I don't know why I did that. Uh, before we let you go, thank you so much for your time. Before we let you go, there is, uh, there is, there's somebody here tonight. They're, they're an aspiring musician out of Springfield, Ohio, and they're, they're, they're trying to do their best to kind of help out, but they're worried about the future of democracy. And he, and he just wanted to say hello. And hopefully we thought maybe you, Senator Warren, could buck up. Uh, buck up our gas. <laughs> here he is. Hello. Um, it's, um... <laughs> and uh, look, look, you know, he's, he's trying to keep people's spirits up, but he's worried, you know. Uh, he's an aspiring musician. Uh, uh -huh. an, an album uh -huh. is I aspire every day. <laughs> Hello. Hello, Senator you? Warren. How are you? Uh, listen, I'm a lot better for seeing you. <laughs> that last thing we just did. <laughs> I'm I, sorry. I have, oh, man, I have nothing so to do with to the last you. question you got. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Good to see you. How are you? I'm doing great. And uh, Good. I am worried about democracy. I'll tell you that. Do you have words of hope for us? You know, I do. Uh, we got an election coming up in November. And we got a lot of days between now and then. What have we got? About five weeks between now and then, right? Almost six. Um, we should be out. We got a chance to get out there every day and affect the direction that our nation takes. It, you and I both get this. I mean, we've talked about this for a long time, only it's just gotten worse. The difference between the two parties, the Democrats who are fighting to try to make life better for working people to expand opportunity, the Democrats who try to live in the real world and try to deal with the real problems that people have, and the Republicans that have just become 
extremists, extremists on abortion, uh, extremists on violence. If they lose, then they talk about taking to the streets. This is, this is our moment. I don't wanna wake up on the day after the election and say, gee, we could have given it a little more. So my word of hope is now is the time when it's still open, when it's still in your hands. And can I give my most hopeful? We get two, just two additional Democrats in the United States Senate. Keep the ones we got and add two. And yes, I'm looking at you, Mandela Barnes in Wisconsin. I'm looking at you, John Fetterman in Pennsylvania. Yes. And I'm looking at how much fun they're having in Ohio and North Carolina right now. So we've even got some more. Come on, Tim Ryan. But yes. But we get two more Democratic senators, two additional ones, who are willing to roll back the filibuster. And we hang on to the House. And all of a sudden, it's not like, okay, just by the skin of our teeth, we can do the things we need to do and we can fight this through. We were just talking about the things we've already gotten done. Think about the things we can do now with that team. Because we can actually ensure voting rights for every American citizen to vote and to get that vote counted. We can ensure that Roe versus Wade is the law of the land every year. We can do universal childcare. You know, we can do the things that work for American families. We can do immigration reform. These are the things that we can come together and work on and we can invite the Republicans to be part of this. We can do a whole national conversation around it. But the difference between where we are, if we get those couple of additional senators, and if the Republicans are able to take control, this really is, John, you got it right. This is about our democracy. I'm really scared for us. So this is the moment to use your hope to motivate yourself to get up off your feet and get out there, give some money, make some phone calls, knock on some doors, and make it happen. Don't you believe we could do this, John? I believe it. Let's do it. Let's do Let's it. Let's do it. My God. Senator Elizabeth Warren, thank you so much for your time. And we'll be right back. Uh, John Legend's going to stick around graciously. Uh, thank you so much. Joining us today... The aspiring young musician who uh, just asked Elizabeth Warren a question, uh, passionate advocate for criminal justice reform, longtime friend of the pod, who just released a brand new album called Legend, John Legend. Thank you. Hello, everybody. We haven't done this live in a long time. A long time. Yes. Pre, pre-pandemic, I think. Yes, definitely oh, yeah. pre-pandemic. Uh, congrats on the new album. Thank you. It's, it's been my soundtrack to and from work for the last couple of weeks. Well, it's fantastic. I appreciate it. Uh, it's always interesting knowing my friends listen to my music and then knowing what people sometimes do to my music. <laughs> <laughs> Homework. <laughs> Excel spreadsheets. <laughs> it's, uh, I always wonder if... That's a no-go for them. People that know me have had dinner with me, hung out with me, if they want to invite me into that part of their life. 
<laughs> no comment. Yeah, sure. Let's get into it. This is the house that Howard Stern built. Um, how is it making music at home during the pandemic? Were you like trapped on Zoom like the rest of us, except with like Rick Ross or somebody? Well, we did have a few Zoom recording sessions. We don't record at home. We have a, a studio. Uh, it's like a house with a studio in it, but it's like 15 minutes from where we live. So we can get away and go to work. Um, Chrissy shot a lot of her cookbook there as well. So it's like our work creative house um and so we go over there and i have a room that's just a studio and i would have people zoom in i'd have people come over you know at the beginning we all masked up like while we were writing songs together which is weird but we did it and then we just were writing songs feeling like you know the light was visible at the end of the tunnel like we would have something to celebrate soon it took you know, some And that turns. was July of 2020. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it took some turns, some ups and downs, but, you know, um, overall, it felt like we wanted to write a really, like, joyful, fun, sexy album, and that's what we worked on starting in early 2021. Well, you did it. Thank um, you. So let's talk politics because uh, you're an activist, but you're also a political nerd like yes, us. Yes, very well, much I don't so. Know people know that. Uh, so at some point in every campaign, Republicans hit Democrats on crime, this year is no different. Uh, you spent years advocating for the same criminal justice reforms that are now the target of a lot of Republican sure. attacks. Uh, we're victims of our own success. Of in course. Some ways. Which, yep. yeah. mm -hmm. how, how do you think Democratic candidates and activists should handle these kind of attacks at a time when a lot of people are actually concerned about crime and violence? I think, first of all, you acknowledge that people aren't crazy for feeling concerned about crime. I think Crime is real. People feel it in their lives when they see um, homelessness in the street, when they see despair, when they read the news and, and, and see what's being reported. They're, you know, they're not insane to feel like, oh, this feels like things are less safe than they were a couple of years ago. And re let's remind ourselves we went through a once in a century pandemic. There are all kinds of reasons why um, there was more despair, more um uh, of a sense of disconnection from society, and there was more crime, uh, particularly during during the time uh, in the last two years, there was. And so, first of all, we acknowledge that and, and don't act like they're crazy for feeling that, but also realize that we're already the most policed country in the world. We spend more money on policing than anyone. Realize we're already uh, the leading incarcerator in the world. And so if that were the thing... If those were the things that would make us the safest country in the world, we would be the safest country in the world. Because if those were the solutions, we would already be the safest country in the world. So the question is, well, what else could we do to make us safer? And then if you look at the statistics, the most dangerous states when it comes to gun violence are all Republican states. So when the uh, Republican politicians are attacking us on safety, on crime, and they're not going to do anything about gun violence. They're not going to do any kind of regulation. In fact, they're going to make it easier for you to get a gun now. Even after massacres, they go to the state legislature and, and write laws to make it easier for you to get a gun. Easier for teachers to have guns in the classroom. We're not safer because of that. Yeah. So we need to think about, in addition to, you know, Democrats are very astute at funding the police despite our reputation, <laughs> uh, we've been part of building up this carceral state as well uh, as a bipartisan project uh, of being tough on crime. 
But if those things were going to be the solution to make us the safest country in the world, we would already be that. So what else can we do? Can we fight the spread of guns? Can we do other prevention programs like mental health and drug addiction uh, programs that will help us actually prevent crime? Can we just make uh, families more whole and, and have the resources they need, the education resources they need, so that we're driving fewer kids to crime in the first place? Can we do some of those things in addition to all the other stuff we're doing to make sure that we really are safer and a healthier society? Um, so we got this big election coming up, as you folks out there know. Um, lots of people are focused on the Senate. We talk about the House. You have spent a lot of time, years really, encouraging voters to look down the ticket, to meet yeah. their DA, to get to know their DAs, understand yeah. what a progressive prosecutor does or doesn't do. Can you just help listeners like kind of paint a picture of what electing someone like Larry Krasner in Philadelphia does in real terms versus like maybe a more like law and order DA? Well, being a district attorney, you have a decent amount of discretion. So we have laws that are written by our legislatures, but the uh, the way they're enforced, the way uh, they're taken to court, the way that they're charged, and 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 the way sentencing is recommended is usually uh, via the district attorney, sometimes called the state's attorney in some states. And so they have a lot of discretion. So if you're thinking about, well, how do we figure out ways? to use incarceration less? How do we think about ways to have more diversion programs? How do we think about ways to get juvenile uh, offenders out of the system? Uh, DAs are, in a lot of ways, the pathway to that because they have so much control over a lot of the discretionary decisions that are made. And so we've been working along with a bunch of other activists around the country on identifying uh, progressive candidates uh, to run for office and then for us to support. Um, and I have personally gone out and stumped for some of these candidates, fundraised for them. Larry Krasner is one of them. And w some of the reforms that they bring uh, into bear uh, are things like uh, reducing the use of cash bail or eliminating cash bail. We're one of the only countries in the world that actually uses a cash bail system. Again, if that were going to make us the safest country in the world, we would already be. So it's an unjust system because it basically imprisons you for being poor. Because they're not saying you're in jail because you're dangerous. They're saying you're in jail because you can't afford a certain amount of money. And that means you're in jail because you're poor. Um, and sometimes the amount is $1,000. We saw with like Khalif Browder. It was not a lot of money for plenty of people in America, but it was a lot of money for him. And they used it as a leverage against him to get him to try to plead down. He didn't do it. He said he didn't do it. He insisted he didn't do it. And so he stayed in jail because he couldn't afford bail and because they wouldn't let him out uh, and, and tried to use uh, that as leverage against him. He ended up dying because of the despair that Rikers brought into his life. Cash bail is an unjust system. It punishes people for, for being poor and it locks up way too many people. And so there are progressive DAs around the country that have just decided we're not going to use it. We're not going to ask for it. So Krasner's one of them. Kim Fox is one of them. Uh, and there are folks around the country that are doing that. And we support candidates that, that advocate those kinds of reforms. So important. So uh, big Senate race in your home state of Ohio. In Ohio. Tim Ryan. How do we, how do we turn your red state blue? Yeah, what happened? Well, What's going on? Well, well as you know, there, we already have a Democratic senator I in know, Ohio. His I know. name is Sherrod Brown. And, love and so even and and Ohio voted for Barack Obama. So it's not 
so distant the possibility that we would vote for another Democrat. And I feel like uh, we need the right kind of Democrats in Ohio. And I feel like Tim Ryan is the right kind. And, and J.D. Vance is like as bad at out there. being a good Ohio candidate as you could be like when, when the, when the, uh, you know, when the deck is stacked in his favor, when, uh, it's, you know, a leaning red state that, you know, could be characterized as pretty red. Um, and he's doing as poorly as he's doing in the polls is because he's not really that great of a candidate. And it's not just that it's that Tim Ryan is actually a really good candidate. He really is empathetic. He understands the concerns of working people in Ohio. I grew up in a working class family. My dad was an auto worker. My mother stayed at home with us. And so I can identify with a lot of the struggles that Ohioans feel, uh, even though it's been a while since I've lived there. I remember what it was like growing up there. And I remember the culture there. And I feel like Tim Ryan is able to speak to that in a very authentic way. And I think he really has a good chance of winning there. I'm doing what I can to fundraise for him and to campaign for him. And uh, I think we have a good chance of gaining a seat in Ohio. Yeah. Uh, This is... My in-laws tell me this all the time. (laughs) Tim Ryan, yoga and football. J.D. Vance wants to ban porn. You got to tell all the... (laughs) Tell everybody at the Buckeye Games that. That's a message. How do people not know that? Tell the college (laughs) MAGA guys. Well, honestly, and and, and we we need to look at what they want to do to women's freedom. Um, That's a much more serious point. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Now I feel like an asshole. (laughs) Fuck. I didn't know he wanted to ban porn. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't feel like that's a winning issue with very many people. No, Nobody's talking about it. Yeah. You want to stick around for a game? Love it. Love it came up with a game just for you. I would love to play a game. Perfect. He's jogging. Love it jogged out. Sorry, I was reading message box to get ready for the new segment. (laughs) 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 Gotta know what to say. So this is a brand new game. The brand new game. John Legend. John Lovett. Is he the coolest friend of the pod? (laughs) We can't say for sure. But he's in the conversation. Uh, <laughs> I'm a genuine fan. I listen to you guys all the time. I, it makes me nervous. <laughs> <laughs> so we've decided to enlist your help. We've all borne witness over the past few years to political moments that are deeply sincere and spine-tinglingly cringy. Okay. Which is sincere why and cringy. Yes. Probably Democrats. Mostly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Republicans insurrect. Democrats read poems. Yes. Pen is mighty, or we hope. We censorate. <laughs> so it's time for a game we call Nerd Level Zero. Okay. Oh, look at that. Nice. Nice. I'll read a moment. You will all rank that moment okay. on a scale of one to five Bono poems. <laughs> How will we know who wins? The winner is Nancy Pelosi, but, but <laughs> we're going to try to have fun. All right, here we go. Okay. First moment to rank on a scale of one to five Bono poems. Nancy Pelosi and the Dems kneeling in uh, kente cloth. <laughs> Oof. Add some kente. <laughs> uh, I, I have to say, I have to plug our show, Sherman Showcase. We have an amazing song on the show uh, called Add Some Kente. And I, I believe we used uh, one of these photos in the show. <laughs> nice. nice. It was for a very special Black History Month uh, edition that we did. Um, sincere and cringe. This is about Max. Yeah. You're gonna, this is it. Maximum. This is the standard. This is yeah. a five. We're, gonna, yeah, we're starting five. with a five. Yeah, that's a five. Next, Nancy yeah. Pelosi reads a Bono poem about Ukraine. I got this message 
this morning from Bono. Ireland's sorrow and pain is now the Ukraine, and St. Patrick's name is now Zelensky. <laughs> How about that? that I think it's the smiling. That yes, I've never seen this clip. It's, I didn't know that was real. It's brutal. It's the, um, it's the can you believe it? It's so good. <laughs> Look what I just did. That's <laughs> uh, a four, maybe? Yeah, I guess. Uh, the thing is, I feel like reading that poem would have gone over well in that moment, but it was the faces that made it cringier. <laughs> yeah, it was tough. It was um, tough. So I'm only going to rank that like a two or three. Two or oh. three? Yeah. Okay, okay, we're giving it a three. Next up, uh, Andrew Yang trying to shoot a basketball. Oh. I don't think it's that cringy. I don't think he's there. I no. don't think so either. And like one, he shoots better than me. So <laughs> it did get worse as it went on, though. <laughs> I, I will say that. Trick question: He's not a Democrat. Yeah, not even. That is true. That's Third true. party. Oh, don't be playing to the crowd. Who are we He's a forward, forward party. Yeah, is that what it was? Like we're giving it zero. You're gonna yeah. give me? Can you give me a clip of someone being bad at sports? <laughs> he needed his. He needed his shot to be a little more forward, though. Yes. Yeah. Oh, hey. Next up, oof, Chuck Schumer trying to rap. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. 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 Oh, oh, oh no. Oh no. Uh, how, how have I never seen oh, that? I, I don't know. I don't know how we're just seeing this for the first time. Is that rolling loud? Where's when did that happen? <laughs> wow. That probably it had to be in New York, right? He, that's the only reason he would do this, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, he would. Constituent let's, services. Let's be honest. Right. <laughs> There's a camera. He'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> and this wasn't Rosh Hashanah. <laughs> I don't think. Um, what do we think? Four? Yeah. Three to me. He kind I of feel makes like it it's work. Yeah, yeah, because okay, it's three. like it was he, you know, I feel like what are you going to expect? I feel like he knew he didn't have much sauce, so he kept it brief. That's yes. right. That's and, right. That's right. And, I agree with that. And so it's a three. Next up, Hillary Clinton doing the Macarena at the 1996 Democratic National Convention. Brutal. Yeah, this rules. <laughs> I love it. They're having so much fun. <laughs> it's awesome. That's joy. Dude, just lost. Does this clip end? Yeah, this is red. Oh, a rainbow flag. Wait a minute. Please help she never me does it. stop. She never does it. Yeah. End the clip. <laughs> <laughs> Hillary never actually did the Macarena. She never throws it. She, she knew her place, and she's like, I'm going to clap on the... On every quarter note, and yeah. that is all I'm doing. <laughs> That's right. She and did the right thing. Y'all not going to make fun of me. <laughs> she did the right thing. One, <laughs> three. You know, One. 20 years later. But I, I, will not, I will not critique the unadulterated joy I saw in that room as I well. I agree. Yeah. I think that's right. What, yeah. what are we saying? They're having a good time. Yeah, they're having fun. They're not doing it for 2022. <laughs> they were doing back in 1996 when it was a cool dance. We were all, everyone was into it. <laughs> You act like you didn't make the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who are you yelling at yourself? He may not have picked the clips. He seems genuinely yeah. surprised listen, by the clips. Listen, listen. Right. In a lot of ways, in a lot of ways, this is a finely oiled machine. It runs itself. 
I hand me the cards. I read the cards. Next up, <laughs> Ed Markey's breakfast tweet. <laughs> Just for those listening at home, it's Ed Markey in front of a table that says Doritos, that has Doritos, Lay's, I believe a Snickers bar. Brought to you by Frito-Lay. Milky yeah. Way and a Cheetos. So Ed Markey, not long for this world. <laughs> But I don't think it's that cringy. I think it's cool. It's like a little thirsty, but I don't think it's that cringy. It's funny because he's like in pretty good shape and he's old. Yeah. Like, uh, And he has a great Boston accent. If that's accent. what he's eating, good, more power yeah, to him. Seriously. Right, God we, bless him. I wish I could eat all that. He's a Duncan fan. Yes. What is the Zero. opposite of cringe? It's the, yeah, it's the opposite of cringe. It's yeah. good. Yes. I support him. Show us something cringy, love it. What the hell? All right, fine. I'll do it. <laughs> Next up. Lin-Manuel Miranda giving a speech and the Hamilton cast performing Dear Theodosia to commemorate the January 6th insurrection. Oh. oh. Boy. The description, the log line is not good. <laughs> Lin-Manuel and his father and the, the uh, Hamilton singers whom we'll hear from said that they were all very honored to be asked to participate today. I call your attention to... A new year brings hope for the future new energy to face the tasks ahead of us, and a renewed promise to strengthen the foundations of our democracy. That's what I wrote about in the song Dear Theodosia from Hamilton. I believe no challenge is worth abandoning our efforts to unite as Americans. We'll keep working generation after generation until we reach that someday. How long is this going to go? Yeah, you'll blow us all away someday. I think this is good. <laughs> I like this. This is working on me. I'm cringe. Strike me down. I love this. Shame on the producers of this program. <laughs> <laughs> this is good. I mean, these, these talented I, people. I think it's great in isolation. <laughs> right. I don't think it was the right way to introduce the January 6th hearings. I feel like this is really a game about Nancy Pelosi doing uh, yeah. cringy things well, these, and some these, other people who ended up in here. I'm losing him. I'm losing him. Go to Hillary <laughs> Clinton saying Pokemon go to the polls. <laughs> go to Hillary Clinton doing the Pokemon go to the polls things. Hurry. Because we're going to have a lot of jobs. Jobs from building infrastructure to coding. Man. Creating new apps. Apps. I don't know who created Pokemon Go. It's Nintendo. All right. All right. Talk but about I'm it. trying to figure out how we get them to have Pokemon go to the polls. Ugh. Honestly, it's still great. <laughs> it's, a it's, still classic. Great. it's a classic. It's a classic. You know what? We're still talking about it. Yeah, it's good. It's kind of like my pose on TikTok. It's like knowingly dad on TikTok. That's uh -huh. that's my thing. Yeah, yeah. Like I like I you know. know so I'm you too, know. I know I'm too old for this. Like on TikTok. And then I feel like Hillary knew she was being corny on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's up there, though. It is up there. I will say this is someone who uh, took great relish in writing very cheesy sentences for Hillary Clinton, mm -hmm. including uh, George W. Bush and John McCain are two sides of the same coin. It doesn't amount to a whole lot of change. Hey! <laughs> hey! All right, let's end. He genuinely likes that line because he talks about that all the it's time. It's good. All it's the time. It's good. All right. Oh <laughs> Four out of five. I like me. it. I like that line. Thank you, John Legend. <laughs> Thank you, John Legend. Uh, next, last one, last one. Oh, Tw more? 2016. Where do you got? You got somewhere to be? You got to <laughs> <laughs> bring Dan out here. Trump bad, Trump bad. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. We know what's going to happen. Next. All right. Final clip. Final clip. 2016 DNC's fight song. Oh, oh shit. 
Ladies and gentlemen, my mother, my hero, and our next president, Hillary Clinton. This is my This is working on me too. That looks cool. I think it was good. It was fine. There's no cringe. No, no cringe. cringe. No cringe. Zero we, cringe. No cringe. That's our game. <laughs> <laughs> Thank I'm, glad, you. I'm glad we had a nice range of, of yeah. Yeah. We learned, we learned That's yeah. why there's a scale. Yeah. We learned maybe we're pretty cringe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sometimes everyone's cringe. You either you either die here or you live long enough I, I did to the, be cringe. I did the Yes We Can video with Will I Am. So yeah, yeah, no, I remember that. Yes, <laughs> and you. By the way, that only became cringe after the fact. It was at the <laughs> time. Was cool. It, was it like, worked this, at the time. This it is, really works. It worked. Yes. And sorry, I didn't write the change line. But... <laughs> oh, we'll get a speech <laughs> off, an old fashioned speech <laughs> off over here. Oh no. We are the ones we've been waiting for. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> what, what does it even mean? Well, mean? what? This. John Legend, thank you so much. Thank you. When we come back, we actually will be joined by the, by the host of Dare We Say, Alicia Pascal-Pena and Yasmin Hamidi uh, for another game. Uh, so hang on your hats. End of segment. Go to commercial. <laughs> Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. You can live out your MasterChef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Hey, Hotels.com here. Struggling to keep up with your toddler? We know a hotel that'll keep them entertained. Book family-friendly hotels with pools in the Hotels.com app to find your perfect somewhere. And we're back. Welcome to the studio. The hosts of Crooked's Dare We Say podcast, along with Josie Toda, Alicia Pascal Pena, and Yasmin Hamidi. Hello to you both. Now you've joined us because you are be, you are going to be pitted against uh, my uh, first wave millennial co-host <laughs> and Dan, <laughs> and last wave Gen X co-host. <laughs> Can see, yeah, almost millennial co-host for a game we're calling. Youngs versus slightly less youngs, but still in the prime of their lives. Okay, okay, okay. Some classic ageism. <laughs> <laughs> Some other titles we considered. Dare We Gray. Oh. <laughs> oh, I like that one. Also, Y2K versus Y2 Slay. <laughs> Here's how it works. I'll be asking our Dare We Say host, 
Trivia questions about iconic millennial touchstones. Tommy and John and Dan will be asked about Gen Z. <laughs> Are you ready? Oh, God. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. All right. Good luck, you guys. Okay. All right. Will the best generation win? <laughs> <laughs> Yasmin, Alicia, here we go. All right. Okay. Jack and Meg White, the band members in White Stripes were what? A, brother and sister. B, a divorce couple. C, a divorce couple who pretended to be siblings for reasons that both now feel obscure and malevolent. Or D, are actually the same person. Not Wait, the can, same person. Can you repeat the question? No. What are you being? Are you being Absolutely serious? Absolutely not. Ask someone with um, dyslexia. Okay. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. Um, espérate. I know we, there's can songs. We, can we discuss like, or yeah? No? Of course you can. Okay. I feel there's like, like that Nation briefly. Army song. Like they're really great. I, but I'm. Not too much. We'll have to cut it. Can we do B? I think they were. Espérate. No, I feel like they were. Silent or silenced? <laughs> You're being silenced by yes, me. I need um, an answer. B. Siblings? What was that one? No, they divorcees? were divorcees. Divorcees. <laughs> but they. Yeah, I'm sorry, that was incorrect. All of it. It was, was C. They were a divorced couple that pretended to be siblings. That's sick. That's really That's weird. Sick. That's <laughs> actually. You know, I actually, by the way, I learned That's... that today. I thought up until today, I lived my whole life thinking that they were siblings. You thought they were siblings. They were a divorced couple that's pretending to be one. siblings. What a Wait, weird thing. I, I feel like that's either. against the law. I no, I don't think it is. Not in, not in, not in only, Kentucky. Only, not in Kentucky. No, no, no way is it against the uh, law. Damn. Okay. There's no way you can find a way to make it against the law. John, I Dan, Tommy. All right. What did TikTok star Charlie D. Emilio get named after did I say that right? What? D Emilio. What D'Amelio? D'Amelio. D'Amelio. Eat shit. <laughs> Think it's so cool being young. Don't bra being old is something you want to be. It's a goal. It's the only thing you make fun of somebody for a goal that they have. Aww. The only other option is death. <laughs> That's fair. Anyway, really what did it. TikTok star Charlie D'Amelio get named after her last year? A a limited edition Dunkin' Donuts drink, B, nail polish, C, a barn owl at Connecticut's Beardsley Zoo, D, a newly discovered moth. Okay, I think she's um, endorsed by Dunkin' Donuts. Really? Well, I'm, I like Dunkin' Donuts. Okay, sure. But I, well, but I don't know. I didn't really listen nail to the rest. Polish. I feel like nail polish is the... Yeah, yeah, okay. No, I, I would have gone with the owl, but go with Dunkin'. We're really split here. Are you guys sure? Are you sure about that? Right, you guys are acting no, like, you guys are like Gen X right now. I'm going to give you guys a hint. Moth. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was the only the only one none yeah, of us it's thought. It's the one, the moth. It's the moth. Moth. Incorrect. It was Dunkin' Donuts. Ah! <laughs> yes! We're playing dirty over here. We're sneaky. Sneaky yes! fucking generation. Yes, me, Alicia. If we did was... bad, you guys couldn't get the first one. You feel hey, me? Okay. That, Tommy got it. It's outwit, outlast. They, they, it's wit, outplay, outlast. All right. Confidence. <laughs> but now I feel bad. You we know, just gaslighted Our you Gen guys. Z co-host is going to take the rest. That was genius. <laughs> Gaslight gatekeep girl boss. We're killing it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up for our Gen Z crew, which is not a real episode of MTV's seminal reality TV show, True Life? Is it A, True Life, I'm obsessed with my dog? No. That's a B, real one. B, True Life, I'm a Staten Island girl. C, Ew. True Life, Sorry. I hate my face. <laughs> D, True Life, I'm horny in Miami. Ew. <laughs> that one. That one. <laughs> or is it E, True Life, all the above? All the above, 110%. Wait, no, no, you're saying which isn't. No, which is not. Espérate, <laughs> uh... what? Wait, our education system. That's a good, a a good point. That's a which good is point. Not really good point. Which is not all of the above. Not all of the above. Um, uh, 
Do it on the fly. You got it. It was all the above. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, all of those are definitely episodes. True Life was brazy. True MTV. Like lawyers over here. That was really. Your Honor. You have no idea. Your Honor. You have no idea what it was like. Really? You have no idea what it was like. All right. Before Ridiculous. (laughs) It was good for a while. Jersey Shore, right? To my, to my, to my, uh, (laughs) all right. John, Tommy, Dan. Uh Uh-huh. Who is Jack Harlow? Oh. He's a rapper. 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 You got it. There's a friend. He's also set to make his acting debut in a remake of White Men Can't Jump, even after seeing what happened to Harry Styles. Yeah, he's brave. Apparently Jack is going to be I an actor that, yeah. now? I'm learning it from this card. Jack, if you're <laughs> you listening ask, to You this. should ask him the original cast of White Man Can't Jump. Who is the original How cast of White Man Can't Jump? I don't even know that the, movie. No, the one that was Blade. Yep. Yep. He's a king. Yes. Somebody give me his name. <laughs> Wesley Snipes. Yep. I knew that. Yep. And the other one. You're not. Oh, my God. What? Thank you. Thank, Thank you so much. What, what, we love you, our audience But members. see, I've seen it. I've seen it because it's a classic. Ken Jennings doesn't tolerate this shit. Thank you. I love you. You get a hug. <laughs> All right. Okay. All Next right. up, yep. whom did Britney Spears famously kiss at the 2003 mm. VMA? Oh, da, 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 Madonna. Yeah. That's correct. Who then kissed Christina Aguilera seconds later? Yeah. So by the transitive property, also. And Madonna's Christina been Aguilera. kissing Tokisha. Do you know who that is? No. Sorry, Dominican rapper. Thank you. Next question. For <laughs> nothing will happen, and I'll be like, "Good job." <laughs> <laughs> All right, John, Dan, Tommy, uh-huh. please explain how the Be Real app works. You just have to explain it. We're oh. just going to judge it. Who's on Be Real? Okay. Don't tell them. Don't okay. everyone be okay. cool. You, you post how does it work? Day. You, you take a picture at like a time when it tells and it you. posts automatically, and you can't do anything about it. You just it's just it's out there because it's supposed except to be that a, like you have a ton that you can do about it. you fucking stage that shit. Right, right, right. But it's anything not. else about it? Anything else about Alicia, it? Can you talk do it about once it? a day? Right? Is that right? Do we get there? I'm gonna say incorrect. I mean, it was. Cl- you think you think it was close enough? It was good. It was good. You no. think it was good? All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. No. What's today? What's today? You think it was right or wrong? I think it was wrong. I'm sorry. So why? Do you would tell us what it is. So Be Real is an amazing app, right? Okay. They I, don't pay for this. They're no, fine. they're not. Okay, <laughs> it's another so, t- terrible thing we're doing to ourselves. Yeah, it's <laughs> dumb. Unless you want to sponsor us, Be Real. Thank you. Um, <laughs> it's the fact. It's a. It's an app that comes. Um, it gives you notification once a day, and it at tells a random you, point. Random point that you don't know when it's gonna be, and they also like they they. Do it, it takes a picture from the front and the back. At the same time. Uh, and you can retake it, but it also shows the people how many times you retook the photo. Oh. Yeah. And, it's, and it's everyone at the same time. It's everyone yes. and everyone that is doing Be Real at the exact same yeah. moment. Yes. So in New York right now, if you'll, you'll Be Real will happen, and then it looks like a fucking Flash Black Bob. Mirror episode. Yeah, yeah so. it is a Black Mirror episode. All right, now... All right, so I I feel like they got close enough. I don't know. Half, half, half. I'll half give back to the community. Let's give them a point. Now... Over to you. Your question. Please explain the Y2K problem. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Y'all were crazy and thought the world was finna end because it was going to be zero, zero, zero. Was that the whole thing? No, nope. 2012. Damn. That's basically right. 2012? Let me try again. So y'all thought that y'all's computers and stuff you know, like the geriatric people, them, they thought like two zero zero wasn't going to work your on like your phones and computers. You. My mom's, judging your mom's not happy. With you. And y'all thought that like the world was going to explode and end because it was going to be year 200 or 2000. You First cannot wait. There. That's First what I would have said. You there. cannot say that's wrong. I would have given that answer. First answer was there. Yeah, yeah we were good. You oh. got it. You, oh. you got it. You Thank you. It. I was You're fighting in. for my life. Thank you. Maybe I don't remember why she cares. All right. TikTok star and Instagram model Ava Louise. I don't even know who that is. You don't know. That one you don't know. Wow. So you're not quiet now. All right. Don't come for fee. 
Rude. Went on Dr. Phil after going viral for doing what? A, successfully chugging a gallon of milk. B, choreographing sexy dances to Steely Dan songs. C, licking an airplane toilet seat in a coronavirus <gasps> challenge video. Or D, challenging JoJo Siwa to a fight. It was, what do you got, Tommy? I, would way, guess, Tommy? I feel like I heard about someone licking a toilet seat. And okay. I assume it was this okay, sure. person. So sure, see. You got it. Yeah. God, you were so It was a online. video in March of 2020. <laughs> yeah. Brave time to fly. Ew. During COVID? Next up. <laughs> okay. Yeah, do, exactly. That's, <laughs> like any time, but also like you took your mask off to yeah. make a twist. It was, it was gross in 2019. <laughs> it wasn't cool then. All right, next. Which of the following was not which of the following was not a real early aughts reality show? What's like early, like the two thousand, early two thousand. Okay, got it. We never came up with a good name for the, the, the zero zero. You said so aughts, and I said I know okay. we didn't have a good name for it. That's we never okay. cracked it. We that never cracked it, and that wasn't it. That wasn't no, it was, it's, it's okay. okay. We're here. Which of the following was not a real early aughts reality show? A. Mr. Personality, a short-lived dating show hosted by Monica Lewinsky. No way. B, Are You Hot, a show where a panel of judges evaluated the sexiness of shirtless men and bikini-clad women with the help of a laser pointer. C, The Swan, <laughs> a show where women got plastic surgery makeovers and then had to compete in a beauty pageant. Or D, One Man's Trash, a show where a bachelorette had to choose a date based solely on the trash found in her prospective <laughs> suitor's cars. I'm sorry. Or, or E, Were They All Real? I'm so, so sorry. I'm what saying, the hell were you guys thinking back then? I'm saying, I am telling you right now, three of the four of those were real. No Yes, way. yes, and we only made up one. I'll remind you, it's Mr. Personality, Are You Hot, The Swan, and One Man's Trash. I, th I think it's Mr. Personality like because Miss Monica wouldn't do something. No way. She wouldn't. And I no way. I think no, it's don't look at me like that. John. Monica incorrect. Monica Lewinsky had a dating show? You don't understand. The how did they get her to do that? You have to understand how bad a time the 2000s were. Wait, y'all were on drugs, everyone right? Everyone thought all the problems were solved and that people couldn't be sexist because James Bond could punch women. Like, like oh, wait, the rules what? were they weird. They said feminism. You yeah. can punch women now. <laughs> it, was a, it was a tough time. It was so a tough America, time. like obliterated this woman in the media and then gave her a dating show. Briefly. Yeah. Briefly. Uh, I didn't Briefly. know that. I, I remember not, this. I didn't song. know that either. Wow. I, know, I, did, so I would dark. have said that. That would have been And uh, to everyone listening, uh, we have a pitch deck for One Man's Trash if anyone networks are interested. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's what The Bachelor is right now. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Wh yeah. Which... <laughs> Yeah, you know he knows. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just, I'm just trying to, just trying to know, be supportive. Yucking it up. Just trying to encourage. I, appreciate it. I obviously, everyone knows I don't watch The Bachelor. It's not a queer space. Uh, what? It's not. Uh, all right. Which hairstyle has Gen Z summarily canceled? A the side part. B the center part. C ponytail or D bangs. I think side part. Yeah. You got it. You got it. Ah. Alicia no with a side much. part right now. And also me, yeah, me with a side part. All right. I'm, I'm going to, let's do, let's do, all right, here we go. Uh, which TV personality testified before the House Appropriations Committee on behalf of music education in 2002? A, Paris Hilton, B, Elmo, C, Paula Abdul, or D, Tyra Banks? Who did? Who did? It's either Tyra or Elmo. <laughs> like I don't can know. Can we what? actually make? I it thought that in my spirit. It's either I Tyra like or Elmo. Does really good work. Could, can Elmo. you name this episode? It's either Tyra or Elmo. Okay, <laughs> I think I need an answer. Perate, Tyra or Elmo, or is it Abdul? No. Okay. Even though she's a dance icon and choreographer, I'm gonna go Elmo. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Nice. Thank you so much. All right. Sesame one more Street question. Does good work. One more question for our 1980s boys. Uh, 1980s? Which of the following? 
Oh. Dan got quiet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yep, yep, yep. Wow. All right. Which of the following was not a real storyline on Riverdale? Oh. oh, no. A, Jughead fakes its own death. B, Archie fights a bear. C, Veronica performs jailhouse rock for Archie outside his juvenile detention center. D, everybody joins an organ harvesting cult. Or E, none of the above, they're all real. What, what was the Ooh. drug they took called? Like yin yang or some shit? Tell me. What, what like did jingle. jingle? Jingle jangle. Jingle jangle. Thank you. Thank you. How? I know this from listening to Keep It. I was like, how do you know all this stuff? Yeah, I've never I don't watch Riverdale. that shit. You're like, I watch how Riverdale. You know this stuff? Tommy. Who's Dewey? your best friend, you Gen Z? <laughs> Wait, you should hang out with us. You, <laughs> you want to come on Dare We Say? If you guys want to hang out between like so... 6 and 8 p.m., I would love to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tommy, Tommy's an early to bed, early to rise type. <laughs> I was like, you got it. Well, really turn up hours there. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think, Gen Z? I'll be above. That's correct. It is all of the above. It's all of the above, which is none of the above. They're all real. It's the golden age of scripted television. Final question <laughs> for Gen Z. This is for everything because we're tied. I don't we know. Shut up. <laughs> you made that up. You made the stakes go all the way up. Who, who or what? Now, let me, I'll do it like this. Okay. If you can tell me without the clues, you win outright. Okay. Wow. Wow. We take it all home. Who or what was T9? What was T9? <laughs> T9, it was something. That's let me tell you, I'll just That's give you good. some hints. That's I'm going to try to hint. It is not a spray. Don't guess just yet. It is not a spray. I'll tell you this. It's it, Here's the thing. Uh, it was something everybody used. It was absolutely terrible. And yet we all thought it was amazing. It was on our phones. It was how we texted. <gasps> oh, it's the Wait a damn minute. It's the thing. Oh, shit. T9? Is it like it's a program or something? No, isn't it like the thing that, like a it's... pager? <laughs> no, 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 no. No, uh, no, 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 no. It was, I'll give you the hint. Is it A, a boy band? No, <laughs> no. I've already gone beyond the text. Uh, is it a C, a pre-smartphone predicting? Is it? <laughs> it's this dumb thing from your phone. You got it. <laughs> ah, <okay. laughs> yeah. It was uh Basically, just so you know, when we first got cell phones, right. you could text, but you only had the nu the numbers. And so you would oh. type using the numbers, oh, yeah. but it would help you by predicting what word was next. Oh, I had that on my my old flip phone sure. way in the day, yeah. back yeah. like yeah. 70 years ago. I didn't hate it. All right, Bob. Nobody needed to know that. My first phone had an antenna. Hold on. Sorry. sorry. Just let, <laughs> no, no, just, no, no, no. John, you can sit over here. You can what, sit over can here. You just, no, uh, so just first of all, please introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Cammy. I'm Alicia's birth mom and Yaz's adoptive mom as of right now. Yeah. Nice. And um, you're saying that Alicia knows about this technology called T9, this ancient, this I ancient technology. So I'm, Alicia, can you please be quiet? Yeah. <laughs> I'm having a conversation with your mother. This is so unfair. You would never uh, have this I, power if she wasn't. You can here. just tell people be quiet all the time because you say it in Spanish as if that's better. <laughs> it's, it's not. It's better equally better rude. Better it's just rude in another language. Sorry. So sorry. And I taught you better than that. Wow. <laughs> and she, and she this had is a work discrimination in her eyes. And 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 she had a T9 phone. So in fifth grade, we gave her my mom's old cell phone, oh, and she sense. wouldn't my know about it because she refused to use it. She would leave it at the bottom of her book bag and say that she couldn't find it. It had and an that antenna. Was, and that was why are you yelling? Why are you yelling? And that's the way. That's the way she got convinced us to buy her uh, another type of phone. No, but I saved up for my iPhone. So she got money. Cammy. 
that, it. Cammy, she gaslit you. We can talk about it. Absolutely. That's the next thing. episode of Dare We Say. We <laughs> I'll just be a guest. Oh, I'm sorry. We're, we're all out of time. We're all out of time. John, uh, how dare you? You can uh, never. You listen. Listen. You you brought your mom to the show. What yeah, gonna what happen? are you going to expect? Uh, True. Gen Z, Dare We Say, you've won. You've won the Yay! game. Alicia, Yasmin, thank you so much for being here. That's our show. Uh, thank you to Elizabeth Warren, John Legend, Sam Sanders, Yasmin Hamidi, Alicia Pasquale-Pena, and a big thank you to Sirius XM for hosting us. Uh, everyone from Vote Save America who came to the crowd. Uh, and uh, check us out on Crooked Radio every weekend through the election on Sirius XM Satellite Radio. Thanks, everyone. Hot Save America is a Crooked Media production. The executive producer is Michael Martinez. Our senior producer is Andy Gardner-Bernstein. Our producers are Olivia Martinez and Haley Muse. It's mixed and edited by Andrew Chadwick. Kyle Seglin and Charlotte Landis sound engineer the show. Thanks to Tanya Sominator, Sandy Gerard, Hallie Kiefer, Ari Schwartz, Andy Taft, and Justine Howe for production support. And to our digital team, Elijah Cohn, Phoebe Bradford, Milo Kim, and Amelia Montu. Our episodes are uploaded as videos at youtube.com slash crookedmedia. You can live out your MasterChef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. When booking with other vacation rental apps sounds like this. This place doesn't look like the pictures. Come on, the doors are on back. Ah, what the? Is there a door behind all those spiders? <laughs> it's time to try one that sounds more like a vacation. Look at how many spiders there aren't. Where should we lie down for eight consecutive hours first? Relax, you booked a Verbo. 